Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey there, North Texas. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Ask the Expert North Texas podcast. I'm Kristen Diaz. I'm David Rankin. It looks like there could be a light at the end of the tunnel, finally, for the restaurant business around the country. Open Table came out with a study that says a lot of restaurants Restaurants are now back to their pre-pandemic levels. In some cases, restaurants are actually doing better than before COVID entered our, our lives. Is that true in Texas? On today's Ask the Expert, we are joined by the CEO of the Texas Restaurant Association, Dr. Emily Williams-Knight. She is in the KRLD Zoom room. Emily, thank you so much for the time. Thank you. Thanks. Good to be with you again. So it sure sounds good, at least as far as this little study says. How does it really trans- translate into reality for Texas? Are Texas restaurants doing better now? Wow. it's a, That's just almost a, a big question, right, for me, because I feel like we've been talking for two and a half years now about this journey from closure to opening and now to how are we going to find ourselves out of the labor and supply chain challenges. Um, I would say the open table data, we look at a lot of data, but we also reference historical data to look forward. And so um, I think what we're feeling right now is for restaurants is you have the cost of goods. So say all the supplies are up more than 10%. In some cases it's double. I was in an office of a restaurant owner today who got a phone call that the price of potatoes, which was $22, has now gone to 58 and is expected to continue. And so if you think about if you are serving burger and fries, you have an element now that the cost is just out of control. I mean, you're double and maybe tripling. And we know there's a whole potato, which I will not walk you through why potato prices are high, but it seems like every day it's something. So those are high and then labor is very high. And you put those two together on a business that makes about 7%, the math doesn't work. And so I think what we're finding right now is that the revenue of a restaurant is up because they have increased prices. They've had to, but traffic is down. And so across Texas and across the rest of the country, and it's hitting right now more on the fast casual, fast food, right? So people are sort of tightening their belts with inflation and saying, maybe I won't drive twice through that place, maybe once this week. And then fine dining is starting to slip a little bit as businesses are impacted by inflation and they start to call back. So I think that we had a much better summer than we would have probably expected considering the rest of the country. You know, Texas seems to be immune. We love food. Our economy is strong. But I think some of the global national challenges and what we're seeing in the economy is starting to weigh on restaurants because we are a disposable choice. And so we we are a little worried that if cost doesn't start to come down, that we will have restaurants that will continue to close because one important note is that many of them took an idle loan, a disaster loan, 
through SBA and that first interest payment is now due on October 1st. And I believe it's nationally, it's about $50 billion. And so why it's a 30 year loan, if you don't have that extra payment to start making, we're very cognizant that that could kind of tip things a little bit as well. Is there any talks about getting more relief for restaurants right now? Yeah, so we, um, what's good in Texas, we were, I think, the only industry that were able to take some of the um, ARPA funds in last session and get a special, uh, essentially a special bill passed where we have for restaurants $180 million, and that actually opens up for us on November 1st, and so grants up to $20,000, the minute that everything is kind of in motion, we will message all of the restaurants across the state to say, hey, here's one more opportunity to get some relief that we already have earmarked. You know, Kelsey and I, who's the chief government affairs officer with me, feel like we should go back with all the surplus in Texas to say, listen, there's no arguing how hard this industry has been hit. Can we get a little more, right? Or is there a couple billion left in those ARPA funds? Can we take a piece of that to shore that up? I think federally, no. I think that that, that train has left the station and now all things are on the election. Let's take this down to a micro level here as far as individual restaurants and individual uh, companies. The effect of remote working, there are still a lot of people that are working from home and they're not necessarily going out to lunches with their coworkers and their colleagues. Has remote working had still an effect on the restaurant business, especially during lunch times? You know, it's, it's really a question. I think what we see in the numbers is that perhaps in the downtown locations where you're now not there at all, right? So let's say you're still working from home, but you are going out at home. So the one thing that's interesting is, remember when the pandemic first hit, everyone became, you know, Julia Child. Look at my lasagna, look at my tacos. And I remember thinking to myself, that's not going to sustain itself when like life gets back to normal. If I had eight hours a day, I probably could cook as well. Well, now you see that people want to go out. People want to go to restaurants. It's both convenient and frankly, it's a distraction from the reality they're living in. Where I think you see some of the pain is in those downtown restaurant locations where you don't have that traffic because that person's now say out in Plano and they're ordering from their local restaurant for lunch or meeting up with friends or doing that sort of emerging breakfast to lunch, that middle time period, that's starting to grow as well. So I think it's just displacing it from where it used to be into other areas. Now, we've seen inflation in the past. Uh, from, to your knowledge, have we, have we been in this situation for our Texas restaurants? What can we learn from, from what we've seen in the past? Yeah, I think we're on a 30-year high for prices, uh, which is extraordinary. So in most of our working lifetimes, we haven't experienced this. And I think the challenge is, is that it's going from, you know, tomatoes to avocados to potatoes to, you know, the, the war in Ukraine has a much bigger impact on what we're experiencing than people realize. Um, I think if we could educate everyone to understand that it's a global food supply, and if a country goes offline, that is not available, and then everyone else who needs it, the prices go up, we get less, and that's the situation we're sitting in today. And so I think I, in my lifetime, the restaurants I speak to, this is just a very long, sustained period where they've had to increase prices because there's there's literally no room for them at all. And so not only do you have price increases, but you also have product they can't get sometimes. So if you have a specialty dish that everyone loves to come to you for, and that particular chicken or you name a byproduct that you have on that plate isn't available that people love, that's hard, right? And consumers, let's just talk about kind of the crossing point, consumers who've been so patient are now saying, listen, I have limited funds. I'm coming to you. I don't want to wait in line for seven hours. I don't want the food to be cold. 
like my patience is running out and we are seeing that too. Right. And so that's that, that, that convergence is happening too. And you're seeing a little more stress in these restaurants. Um, there are restaurants that are doing incredible. You and I both see them. Um, and there's other restaurants that are really having a very, very difficult time. The Texas Restaurant Association is such a large organization and the Texas restaurants are really powerful. What kind of lobbying are you able to do in DC and in Austin to you know, get a little bit more attention and a little bit more money into the businesses? Yeah, I think it's probably what I'm most proud of is just how we turned a, such a painful situation for our industry into legislation when, you know, when sort of we came back to the first time we could get to the Capitol. So whether it be alcohol to go or groceries or liability protection, um, we passed six pieces of legislation signed into law, which is sort of unheard of. It's quite a bit. But I can tell you, we, Kelsey and I kind of went into this session saying, is there any cleanup that we have to do from those bills, but also what else is out there? What else is happening in other parts of the country, right? Like the FAST Act in California, could that come to our cities? And so we've been going around Texas, meeting all 23 chapters, three more next week, legislators, business owners, and the TRA. And we've crafted, I think, a really healthy agenda that we're going to present that we want to carry forward to the Capitol. And it's things like property tax relief. We can't forget businesses when we get relief for uh, residential, right? We've got to have businesses in this mix. Um, there's things that we want to look at around our education and investing in all of our high schools to make sure we have people in our education program so we have a trained workforce. And so we've got a lot of really good ideas, but more importantly, to your point, we've just built incredible relationships on both sides of the aisle. And I think that's been really important. We're such a polarized nation. And for us to win, we believe that restaurants are ubiquitous. Everyone should love a restaurant. So how do we bring both sides together to get really good legislation out there for the health of businesses and the communities they serve? One of the things that we spoke with you about a couple months ago was the popularity of ghost kitchens because real estate was so uh, and is still yeah. so high and a big cost factor for entrepreneurs. And just wondering, is that still popular even at this point of the pandemic? And also, um, have we seen any improvement with I mean, I feel like every other day I see a new development starting here with these apartment buildings and I, I see where they want businesses on the bottom and, you know, residents up on the top. Does yeah. that, is that a, you know, a healthy environment for, for, you know, restaurants? Yeah, I think whenever they can have a captured audience for a specific period of time every day, that's always a good thing. And so I think that that's very healthy. I would say, you know, I think what's interesting now in the ghost kitchen, because it was really new. I mean, they existed before the pandemic, but they really took off in the pandemic. I think what you're going to find is the larger, and this is Emily's prediction, right? But this is just looking at how this has flowed, is I think you're going to see the larger chains take over those spaces. So I think the idea of a small operator with one unit moving to another location and then just having a ghost kitchen is a little bit more difficult right now than a large chain restaurant that can then distribute from lots of locations and not have people drive through. So I think they're they're going nowhere, in my opinion. Um, I think at the same time, you, you see things like now going the opposite way. So the Mr. Beast Burger, which if you haven't read about, is just a phenomenal they became a virtual brand. If you have restaurant space in your restaurant, whether you're Chinese, Italian, you name it, you can then start to produce that food for delivery. And so you don't know as a consumer that that was actually made at a local restaurant. You just got your Mr. Beast burger delivered by Uber or whoever they're working with. 
that now they are now opening their first brick and mortar locations. So what's if you think about that, is there an opportunity to have a ghost kitchen and maybe other kitchen spaces where that local restaurant can make some money in their off hours and then actually now build that brand to where they can now build a brick and mortar that you can go visit. So it's almost like we're now seeing the reverse happening, which is exciting because I think we're evolving what is the definition of a restaurant. Um, but I think your ghost kitchens, truly 30 units, all kitchens, 450 square feet. I don't see them going anywhere. Now that we're back into the time of year where kids are back in school, college students are back in school as well. Local restaurants have to be having a hard time main, maintaining staff as well as the kids have gone off college. Absolutely. This time of year is always really hard for restaurants, really about that mid-August until, you know, through September, October, then the holidays will be a nice uplift. But um, it's incredibly hard. I mean, we had a labor shortage before the pandemic. And so now it's just been exacerbated. We lost a lot of employees when we had about 700,000 workers on the sidelines. You, you know, you can't fault them for going to seek other work and they have to take care of their families. They're just making a rational choice. Now, I think what we're we're seeing is this evolving technology element. So as there's more regulations, then there's more opportunity to solve that with technology. And then what you can't do is try to only solve for technology and labor, because what makes a restaurant a restaurant or a hospitality business is the experience you get. And you don't get that if it's 100% contentless, like just you're on the screen, the food comes out the window and off you go. That that doesn't work for everyone. And I think what we're finding is consumers and restaurants, really consumers are going to are an experience, a chicken and pickle. I'm going to take my whole family, go play pickleball. I'm going to get my food. It's like a move, you know, cruise ship that doesn't move. And that's just a recent example, one opened by us. But it's that idea that it's an experience. Exactly. You know? Dr. Emily Williams-Knight, the CEO of the Texas Restaurant Association, thank you again for your time. Yeah, thank you so much. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 